What's up, athletes? Welcome to the Run Like an Athlete podcast. This is a show for the everyday athlete. You won't find talks with pro athletes here, but what you will find is inspiration from athletes just like you, normal people who find joy and fulfillment in running and competing. Today, I'm talking with Susan Taylor. She is a highly competitive athlete, a mom of two, and a boss babe who works for a software company. But she hasn't always been a runner. In fact, Susan ran her first race in Atlanta, a 5K fun run, and had no fun at all. She hated it. (laughs) We're going to dive into what made her change her mind about running and so much more. So let's not waste any more time. Susan, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for being here. Thanks for taking some time to, to let me interview you today. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited just to chat with you. It's fun. Oh, I'm excited to chat with you too. I love, I love doing these because I get to know all my people more and, and I love like just that everybody gets to see different backgrounds of runners. I think, I think so many times people, you know, see runners or see people who go jump in races and stuff and they just think, oh, well, they must be a runner for, you know, since their whole life, they, they just, that's just what they do. And, and that's, the more and more that I do these interviews, the more I, I realize too, like, that's not the case at all. Um, a lot of people are like you, who the first time you really got into running, you did not like it. <laughs> nope, definitely not. Um, yeah. <laughs> even as a kid, I was just telling my friend this yesterday on our run. Um, as I was saying, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to be on this podcast with Delta. And she said, I don't even know your running story. And I said, we went, we actually grew up in the same area. So kind of like same fitness test that you had to do when you were in school. I'm like, remember that presidential fitness test where you had around the mile in like 12 minutes, I would cross the line at like 1159 because I hated it. And I would see all these girls that were on the track team finishing in like four minutes, four and a half minutes or five minutes. You know, they were high school girls. That's probably a little too fast, but like six minute miles yeah. in high school. And I was like, never, that just sounds miserable. <laughs> and so I would oh walk and just do enough to pass the test. Oh my gosh. That is, that's so crazy to know about you because you are like one of the fastest people on Delta. Like (laughs) that is so crazy to me to hear you be like, did the minimum and then peace. (laughs) Pretty much for a long, well, yeah. Then my second experience with (laughs) running or my first like real race was just miserable. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So what was so miserable? I, now I'm, let's just jump right in. Why did, why was this so miserable? It's a 5k fun run. Like I know. Um, I think it was, I, when I moved to Atlanta, I spent a lot of time with my coworkers. They were my friends because I didn't know anybody when I moved there and they were all runners and they're so happy about it. And I never ran. So I was like, well, that sounds really great and fun. And they're like, just do 5k with us. It's just in this neighborhood. It's really pretty and it'll be a great time. Okay. I'll do it. I, I liked the people and wanted to, you know, embrace friendships more and went with them. And they were all seasoned runners. One girl ran track in high school. And so she was super fast. And the other guy was considerably fast too. And I remember, I think I finished in like 31 minutes, which is not bad at all for never yeah. running. But in Atlanta, it's all up and down hills. And so I would get to a hill and I'd be like, "Mm," and I'd have to like 
crawl up it. It felt like it. And my lungs are on fire because I'm not trained for this. I just went and ran. So of course, by the time I got done, it was miserable. It hurt. I felt defeated, especially in looking at how my friends did. Couldn't help but compare. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't really want to do that again. Like they're all happy. And I was like sweating and hurting and miserable. And so I thought that was great. That was lovely. I'll move on. Didn't do that again for a while. Oh my gosh. That's so, that's so funny. I just, it is so hard to envision that version of Susan to me because I mean, you, I, I interviewed Betsy a couple of months back and, and for those who are listening, Betsy and Susan are on a competitive, um, team of females who go to fitness competitions and do all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, and then Susan also on her own runs like really fast 10 K's and 10 milers and has done multiple halves. And it's just so funny to hear you talk about how you're like, nah, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) That is just, I don't even know who that Susan is. (laughs) It's funny to look back at that because I think when now I meet people that don't like to run or say it's miserable, I can relate to that and share a story about it and try and provide some encouragement to it because it's not fun. I mean, to go out and run a 5k with no training is not smart (laughs) and no wonder why I felt that way afterwards. And it wasn't until I stopped and paused and said, well, you can't just do that. And you have to be at some sort of like beginning point and grow into that, that maybe sharing that story or reminding them that, yeah, it probably doesn't feel great to begin with, but the more and more you do it, hopefully the more and more, the better you feel, um, which thankfully that's where I ended up eventually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's crazy. So what was your... I mean, you said you didn't run for a a long, a long time after that. What was, what was the next race for you? (laughs) My first half marathon. (laughs) So nothing like going from a 5k to a half marathon. Um, but yeah, I, um, was still in Atlanta and I had lost my sister in 2006 and got into a fitness community because I realized that, you know, we're all pretty vulnerable when it comes to our health and wellness. And, um, I'm the only person that's really solely responsible for that. I mean, genetics plays a part and it just was this reflection moment of, I am susceptible to a heart condition. And if I don't take care of myself, I could have, um, difficulties as I got older. So I, got connected with a girl I work with who was friends with someone doing an outside boot camp. And in Atlanta, you could do it year round because it's lovely. And, um, she was just a girl that worked at a, at a gym all the time, but she just wanted to get together with girlfriends and work out in the park. So we started just meeting two nights a week at a park and we would do boot camp together. And, um, we all were watching the biggest loser that was really popular at the time. And at the end of that show, they would run the full marathon and we were just joking around. Cause she would make us do a mile test at the beginning yeah. of a, um, like a month. And uh-huh. so we could benchmark our progress, which a, a mile, I think my first one was like eight fifty, and I felt like I was hauling ass. Um, 
And you so, were your first one ever. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, and so then we were all joking around afterwards. We're like, oh, if these people can do a marathon after the biggest loser, like, why can't we just do something like a half? And so there was a local group um, training program at Fleet Feet in Decatur. And so we signed up for that. And um, yeah, our first run was six miles. And I was like, I've never run six miles in my life. <laughs> and from wow. there, we just kept growing and growing and um, or growing miles each week. And it was, I remember like the nine mile run and feeling like, holy crap, I just ran nine miles. And just like being so proud of myself. And it was awesome because the girls that I was with were so encouraging. Um, everyone was like, yeah, we just did nine miles and we'd walk back and grab a coffee and just talk about it. And very, very, very supportive. And I think that's one of the biggest things I like about the running community. And so this group, there was, I think a total of maybe five of us that ran it. It was like the ING in March of 2010. And I remember like I had my goal in mind. I was like 10 minute miles. That's what I wanted to finish in. And um, I think I finished in like two hours and nine minutes. And yeah. I was like, oh, it was yeah. amazing. It that was, was just great. Like, the community at the end, I was nothing like crossing a finish line. Nothing just prepares you for the excitement and the energy and the pizzazz that happens there. And I just remember walking across being like, holy crap, I did it. Yeah. And it was just so fun to party with everyone in the park. And oh. yeah, I, it was like instantaneous of like catching the bug because then it was, okay, what are we doing next? And yeah. then I finally did my first 10 K <laughs> <laughs> and then it, yeah, it was just from there on out, it was two halves at least a year. And I did a, a full marathon my first year in 2010. Wow. It's like half, half full. Wow. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not? That's Susan. That's amazing. So, okay. Take me back to that. Let's go back to that very first six mile run you ever mm -hmm. did. And that was the first run that you did with a, like an actual running group. Yes. What was that like mentally like for you walking up to fleet feet? I'm assuming it was early in the morning, maybe dark outside. Like, were you nervous? Were you excited? Were you like, why the hell am I here? Like what was going through your mind? Yeah, it was, I would say the one great thing about that. And I think this is why running programs are so important is like, I felt mentally prepared for it because they gave us, um, that week, like all your things that you should be doing in preparation for this week, like how to try and eat a little bit more carbs and, um, like a protein, you know, the night before, and then what you should eat before and how far in advance you should eat before the run. So I felt like really, um, good about that because I'm very good at following checklists. And so I knew exactly what I had to do that morning. And I actually had probably like a little less than a half mile walk from where I lived to the fleet feet. So it was just kind of neat to walk down the hill and kind of get my mind right. And then at the, um, at the store, the re the lead coach was very specific about how we would approach the run. He said, if you have a goal pace in mind, I want you running a minute to a minute and a half slower than uh -huh. you think 
then you want to run for the actual race. He said, and he was very specific about, we're not training our body for speed today. We're training it for time um, on the course and time for running. Like don't, yeah. don't worry about how fast you're running, get your body used to running this amount of time or this yeah. distance. And I was like, Oh, okay. And so that was huge. Cause I think it took the pressure off of trying to be fast. Yeah. Um, and um, there were definitely weeks that we do have speed work and, or there'd be speed stuff during the week, like very specific, like Delta training, right? Yeah. You're, you're focused on this at this point. Um, and then your long runs, it primarily, they would all be a minute to a minute and a half slower. And then they, we would practice race pace as we got a little bit further into the program. So I felt mentally prepared. The energy was definitely buzzing because it was like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to do this? But I knew I was with friends and that we were going to support each other through it. So I felt comfortable with that. And then once you just get going and I like to chat with my friends while we're running, um, that helped and was a good distraction. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. I, I think that's so important to, to, go do these things with people who make you feel comfortable because I mean, doing new things is scary. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm, I think, you know, this, but I'm very big on just because something is scary. Doesn't mean you shouldn't go do it. In fact, yeah. I live my life. Like the scarier it is, that's yeah. probably means that I should probably be doing it <laughs> because <laughs> it's going to be so rewarding. I mean, think about it. If you had been like nervous and didn't have your friends with you or, you know, decided, oh, I can't go and do this because it's, it's too nerve wracking. Like you would never be where you're at right now. And that's, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah. Find a good community people, find a good community and find a friend who will, you can drag out to runs with you if you're new. (laughs) Yes. Or challenge you to do other things like that, you know, that will say, Oh, come on, we can, we can do this, whether it's change the pace, push the, or like a new activity, because I definitely sometimes still feel like I can be a little gun shy on that stuff. But if you're with people that are willing to try too, it's like, it feels less intimidating, um, to get out there. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. So I want to get into some mom stuff. (laughs) You're a mom of two twins. They're six. Um, And before I hit record, everybody who's listening, Susan and I were chatting about um, a ski trip that they just went on and her, her children's first ski trip ever. So how do you, as a mom who has dealt with, you know, fears of, of doing new things before, how do you encourage your little ones to, to try things, even though it might be scary or they might fail? Yeah, that's a great question. And it was actually something I spent a lot of time reflecting on this weekend, because as an adult skier, um, I mentioned I'm pretty slow because my legs are important to me. I don't want to crash. I don't want to stop running. And so I'm a pretty cautious skier. And I spent a lot of time this weekend preparing not to project my anxiety or my fears or my precautions onto them. And I will give Kevin, my husband, a ton of credit because he's really good about um, encouraging our kids to do these things. And he does a really great job of not projecting the fears that parents have on their children um, where I'm like, don't do this. You might fall and you might get hurt. And 
go this way and avoid this because I'm a worry ward uh, and I want it to put this little protective bubble on them. But we sent them natural. to ski, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but we sent them to ski school. So then that way I would not have to put that onto them. They learned from professionals, which was probably better. And when they came out of lessons, we would do some skiing together. And I just followed them and I said, show me what you learned today. I want to see how great you are out on the, on, out on the slopes. And they were so excited to share that with us. And, you know, they would be at the bottom of the hill before I was and just kind of celebrate their, their success. Like, oh my gosh, you crushed it. Look, mom came down two minutes after you and, um, you know, how did it feel? And they were like, it was awesome. And they liked the snow in their face and the cold air. And there were moments where they fell. And at those points, I'm like, okay, I'd get up to them and say that to myself, like, don't talk about the, the pain, like, yes, ask them if they're okay, but let's get back up and keep going because that's what you have to do. Right. And there were moments where both of them were like splayed out skis in opposite directions and they needed their moments. And then we would regroup and we just, anything hurt? Nope. Okay. You ready to go on? Yep. And we just continue on. And they were so, so good. It was a great reminder of like, when I have reservations for myself, like they're, they're so willing to try and try again. And it's, it's fun to see. And I have to remember, like, you can do that as an adult too. Like, yeah, you know, there are worries, but, and there are obviously, you know, concerns and precautions to take, but like (laughs) you shouldn't stop having fun and you shouldn't stop doing something because again, it was hard. Like you go back out and try again. Right. And Mm -hmm. um, I think they're, they're good to good reminders of that. Um, and then it's fun. Now we had this great new family activity to do yeah. together and they were so pumped. They're like, can we go tomorrow? Can we go tomorrow? And even on the day we left, they're like, can we go again? No, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Time. We have to go back to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's awesome. I, so what I'm getting everything from you, Susan, is that when you are nervous and want to try something new, find a coach. <laughs> uh-huh. Find a coach, find a team to help you get through it. Cause Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think the more you're prepared and for me, I'm like, sometimes I want to see around all the corners, right? I want to know, like, if I do this, what's going to happen. And if I don't do this, what's the opposite of, you know, of being prepared and it can be good. Um, but then sometimes you just kind of have to live in the moment and go for it. Um, at the same time, but it definitely helps when you have your plan and you're ready for it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and you are a coach to your kids. I mean, being there to talk them through things and and help them with their own, you know, worries and, and anxieties. I mean, that's, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I love that. I loved seeing all the pictures of you guys skiing together. I was like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> that was fun. And they just look so cute on these little skis and their little snow pants and goggles and all that stuff. It's just <laughs> And they're not even the littlest ones out there, which is the crazy part. You see like these two-year-olds on skis and I'm like, kudos to you parents out there that are doing that because, wow. Yeah, that, that is, that's wild. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So let's go back to running. Okay. (laughs) So we have talked a little bit about the hardest run you've ever done. I want to hear a little bit more about Chicago. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
the Chicago marathon was my second marathon. Um, I ran the Jacksonville, Florida one in 2010. And then I signed up for Chicago right after that because the lottery was opened and I got in. And I also grew up in Chicago, the Chicago area. So I was like, what better I didn't to know do? That. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Illinois, oh, wow. um, What better race to go do, um, than the Chicago marathon. Yeah. And so there's a lot of threads to this story. So I'm going to try and streamline it as much as possible. But that year, my um, uncle by marriage lost his son to cancer. And so he was a Make-A-Wish kid. And oh I got gosh. connected with the Make-A-Wish organization in Chicago and fundraised for them. And so I had this big goal in mind of raising money for make a wish because it was really important for my family. They got this amazing trip with their son before they lost him. And so I did an awesome job fundraising. And I think overall I raised like $3,000. Wow. Which in your twenties, when you're asking your friends to donate money, it's really, really hard. And so to meet that goal was just like, wow. And then on top of that, I feel like I had one of the best training seasons ever. Then not that I had trained for, you know, many marathons, but like every run I did felt amazing. Yeah. And when I got to 20 miles, it didn't feel hard. And I was training in Atlanta where it was hot and it was hilly. And I kept thinking I'm going to Chicago where it's flat and I will, and it's the fall it's, it's October. Right. So it's going to be cool. And like, this is just going to be the race. And I had ran the Jacksonville half or sorry, the Jacksonville full in 404. And mm-hmm. so I had this big lofty goal that I was going to break four hours and felt ready because yeah. I was trained and my family was all coming. Right. Um, Kevin and I were dating at the time. And so our families were meeting for the first time. So there was like this big excitement. Oh my gosh. That. So I had much pressure, a lot of pressure. Um, for that. And then my friends were coming to the race or we were meeting after the race and they knew that like how much I had just gotten into running. And so it just felt like there was this spotlight on me and, but I was ready. Like I was so, so ready. And I remember walking to the race that morning and they were giving the weather report and they're like, it's going to be a hot one. It's going to be in the eighties by the time a lot of people finish. And I was like, that's not a problem. i trained in Atlanta where it's 85 and humid. I got this. And Kevin was there and he is so, so good about like finding his way around cities and seeing me on the course a couple different times. And about halfway through, I started to get some leg cramps and I was like, what's going on? Um, and I'm like, it just don't, I don't feel right. And so I tried to slow down my pace because I knew exactly where I had to be. I had, remember they gave you those like tattoos that you would put like your pace chart on. Mm, um, mm-hmm. So you knew like where you were supposed to be at every mileage and what your cumulative time would be based on your pace. So I've got that tattooed on my arm and like checking my tracker. And I was like, I'm off, I'm off. If something's not right. So I get to halfway and I was like, nope, this is, it's getting worse. Like the leg cramps were coming on and I couldn't, pick up speed. And I just started feeling like I was tired and hungry and thirsty. And I just didn't know what else to do. Um, about mile 17, I get to Kevin and he's like, are you okay? He's like, you're well off. You're 
your pace. And I was like, I don't feel good. I'm like, I, I think I'm dehydrated. Oh, and at no. this point it's probably like 80 to 82 degrees. Um, and I'm just like drenched. And then when I think if I remember correctly, you go from like being absolutely drenched to like dry, like nothing's mm-hmm. coming out anymore. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't feel like I can catch up and my legs are really cramping. So I had to switch to run walk. And I had already like, it's already four hours have gone by and I was like, this is bad. And I'm starting to now this mental block is coming in because I've missed my goal pace. And I'm like, what do I do? And all these people are waiting for me at the end. And I'm like, I literally cannot run anymore. And I was walking and I would try and like shuffle and I'd walk and then I'd shuffle. And every time I would do it, my legs just felt like they didn't bend anymore. They were just like locked. Oh my God. And he, I told him, I said, don't be surprised if I have to drop out. I mean, tons of people were dropping out that year because it was so hot. Yeah. Um, and there were some pretty severe um, injuries and medical emergencies. But I, in my mind, I kept thinking while I was running, I'm like, this is temporary. I know how to fix it. Every time I saw water, I got it. I took frozen grapes from a stranger on the side of the road because I was like, I need that. But you I do kept, that and you do that in races. You just you do because you're like, you trust them. Well, yeah. Um, and I were just remembering like how painful it was, but then I kept thinking of these make-a-wish kids and how much more they endure on like, I'm going to cry <laughs> everyday basis for a lot of them. Right. And the yeah. hardships. I'm like, this is four and a half hours of my life now, five and a half hours of my life. And this is nothing compared to what they have to deal with. And my pain is temporary where theirs is prolonged. And so that's what kept me going. (laughs) And I remember like getting to 20 and 21 and 22. And I seriously kept thinking it's time to go. Like, I can't do this anymore, but I'm like, no, keep going, keep walking. You're going to get there. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. You're doing this for the kids. You're doing this for Brian. (laughs) And, um, I remember crossing the finish line and I just cried because there's a huge long corral to get to like where families are. Yeah. Next, I bawled because I finished in like five hours and 34 minutes. And that was an hour and a half way longer than I had planned. And I felt so sad for myself, but then that walk the crowd is still incredible. Like there's still so many people cheering for you and like telling you you're a badass. And I'm like, I am, I just finished a freaking marathon. Yeah. Um, Super dehydrated, mind you. Yeah. Like you didn't stop. You didn't quit. No. Oh my gosh. And it was definitely the hardest thing. And I had this whole big pity party all the way through to seeing my family. And then like my uncle was there and my aunt was there. And they oh had my God, Susan. <laughs> and they were so appreciative of the efforts and oh my God, like, Susan, you're making me cry. <laughs> I know I didn't think I would get emotional of it because it's been so many years, but like, that's why I remembered, like why I did it. And it wasn't about like, yes, I had my own personal goal, but it was more for, for him and his honor and his celebration and all these other kids that, that struggled with that. So it was like, check your ego girlfriend. You, you set out and you did what you needed to do. And so what, if you didn't get it right, it's okay. You still did it. Um, and then it was, you know, it was hard. I mean, for a long time, I had a lot of like guilt and self-doubt and like pity party for myself because I just was really disappointed 
in the performance, but I was like, you can regroup from it. You've got a lot to learn. Um, and so it gave me other things to work on for the next ones that I did <laughs> to try yeah. to like regroup from that. So oh it was gosh. definitely one of the hardest things, um, and very, very emotional. <laughs> ah, oh my God. Rewarding. Oh, super rewarding. And I mean, I just, hearing you talk about this, I just can't help but think how, how that had to show you how mentally tough you are. Yes. Um, I don't I mean, give myself a lot of credit for that sometimes. Cause I think like sometimes when people think of runners, they're like, they're, she's got run, you know, even though you train for it, you're not like, and you are in weight rooms and you're doing all that stuff. A lot of people just think you like go out there and put one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know about it, even from the, from a 5k distance or 10k, there's so much preparation and so much like mental battles and hurdles that you have to get over. Um, you don't know unless you probably have done it (laughs) and it goes for a lot of things. Right. But, um, yeah, I think going back and looking at that, that day always makes me think like you say it all the time too. Like your mind gives out before your body does. And I have to tell myself that a lot (laughs) when you try new things. And even when, you know, like other activities that we do, like, I can do this. Like I'm, I'm preparing, I'm doing it. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> I think I can. Ah. I I can. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Susan. Wow. That thank you so much for getting raw and sharing that, that <laughs> I have never cried interviewing someone before. And here I am. <laughs> that was amazing. I mean, I am, you know, I know that, that you missed your time goal by a bunch, but it sounds just from hearing you talk about it, it honestly sounds like, yeah, this was the hardest race you ever did. And no, you didn't hit your times or whatever, but it also kind of sounds like maybe this is the most memorable and important race you've ever done. I I think so. It was, there were so many other great aspects of that weekend. Like again, my mom meeting Kevin's parents and like getting together with all my college friends and celebrating with the other Make-A-Wish runners. Like I can't remember, I wish I did how much money the whole team raised, but those were like the most important things to me after the end. Cause yes, it is important to have a time goal, but there were so many other aspects of that weekend that I just look back at and go, it was great. It was amazing. And I would love to go back there again. Cause it is one of the most iconic and most fun races ever. Like just to go and, you know, who just wants to go run 26 miles for the fun of it. But that is That's probably weirdos. one of the, <laughs> one of the best places to go do it at, because you never feel alone. There are people all over the city, um, oh. and just keep you going. I think I probably would have given up a lot sooner or not didn't give up. I probably would have definitely given up if there wasn't like all the crowd support as well. So, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. That's an awesome season. I, <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I just like want to give you a hug. <laughs> Aww, thank you. <laughs> Virtual hugs. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, okay. So Thinking about all of that, what would you say is the most important lesson you learned from this race? I 
Well, from that one specifically, my, my big takeaway on that one was hydration. I don't think I ever, I didn't have to pay attention to it when I was training because I made myself like purposely go back and get water places. And I was a lot more intentional in it. For some reason, I thought during the race, I was just going to be fine with the roadside water. And, um, I, I wasn't, and I had to like really rethink how I did racing going forward. Like a lot of times if I go out and do long runs now, I always, always carry water with me, whether I think I'm going to need it or not, because I, the second marathon or the marathon I did after that, I still had hydration issues. Wow. Um, I didn't have them as severe, but it took me like two more big races to work through how to properly hydrate (laughs) during the race and understand what my body really needed. And then also understand like it changes, like you could be so prepared um, and have the best training days or, um, leading up to a race. And there's just little factors that you can't plan for, um, that might happen that day. And like, how do you pivot and kind of like adjust during the race? If you, if you had the opportunity to, like, I was thankful, like I didn't get severe enough where I did have to drop out, but, yeah. you know, had I plan it for the next time and the next time and going forward, like I just always carry water with me now. It sounds so simple, but then it's like, Oh, do I need something else in my water and the salt tablet and any other kind of like hydration thing? Um, yeah. Keep me going. So, wow. I, I, I am in awe. I, you are making me, I mean, I was already planning on signing up for another race this week, but like, I think <laughs> I'm going to go do it today after Yay! we get done talking. <laughs> so you are really competitive as well, Susan, where do you get your, like, where does this competitive drive come from? Because obviously it hasn't always been there. I don't know because sometimes I don't feel like I'm the most competitive. I think it's like an internal thing. Um, sometimes I think it comes from being one of four yeah. <laughs> um, and being like the last person that's like trying to like get seen or get noticed in, in the family or something. Um, but that, sorry, you have dogs here. You might have to edit that part out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I don't know where it really came from because jokingly, like Kevin and I will say, like, I'm not really good at team sports, which is interesting that I ended up on a CG games team. Um, cause usually it's like running has always just been a, like my own competitive thing. Like yeah. I set my own goal and I, I have to do that. It's different when you're with a team, but I think that's also where like the desire to be better and more competitive comes from. Cause I'm fueled from, from Aaron and Tara and Betsy, like they have total drive and I'm like, I can show up on there. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. This is fun. And then they're like, no, 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 we're, we're, we're doing this. And this is how we're training. And I'm sorry. The dogs are like, mom, are you done yet? I know. Um, oh. and that just helps like the drive. Cause I'm not like outwardly, I'm definitely more of an internal competitor. Like I want to do good, but I'm not going to be too loud about it. Like I'm just in my own head, like, let's, let's get this done. Let's do this. Let's do well. And I want to be on a podium or I want to be in the top list or whatever like that, but I'm not like, it's hard for me to say some of those things. Like, I think when we were talking about the, the 10 miler, I'm like, I think this is my goal. And then afterwards I was like, you, you kind of get 
and I go on my mind, but I'm like, I only want to share it with one person because I don't want to like put it all the way out there, but I know this is what I want to do. And I'm going to tell you, that's what I want to do. So I have some accountability and I'm just going to go ahead, put my head down, train and get it done. So love that. I get that though. I I'm also one of four. So feeling like you have to stand out and I I'm the second oldest. Um, so I had like, I had this competitive edge because I would see my older brother do things. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I can do that better than him. I'm going to do that because that's what my older brother does. Um, but then at the same time, like my two younger siblings, I'd be like, well, I have to be the best so that they know where the bar is and what, and what to aim for. Um, and so uh, if my sister and my little brother listen to this, they're going to be like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> we we didn't funny. care what you did, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, I totally, I totally get that. That's, that's awesome. Oh man. Well, Susan, this has been, this has been so awesome. I, I really appreciate you chatting with me and getting so raw and, and being so open about all of your all of your endeavors. Um, I thank you. Thank you for being here. Wes. Yeah. So last, last, I have two last questions. One, I want to know how running has changed your life. Okay. I think there's a a couple of things. One, I think it's given me a confidence boost. Um, cause when I first started running, I hated it and didn't think I was good at it. Um, and it really gave me an opportunity to sit down and think about, okay, what do I want to do? Why do I want to do it? And how am I going to do it? And seeing all those things come together and then accomplishing something just helped build my confidence. And then the more and more I did it, um, I got, you know, that little competitive edge. Cause I thought, okay, if I did it this fast, can I do it a little bit faster? And can I set a new goal or a new PR, or at least keep it the same level, right? Cause it changes, um, race to race. Even. Um, but I think just being able to be intentional in the planning and practicing and training, um, was a big confidence booster for me. I think I could walk away feeling really accomplished and satisfied too. Um, like, wow, I always, you know, didn't always feel good after every single run, but I'd look back at it and go, wasn't bad because of A, B, and C, right. Got my miles in. I learned how to run up this hill more efficiently this time. Um, and those little nuggets that you kind of take away each, each run or each race. Um, and then I think, The other part is like the community aspect. Like some of my very best friends are my running community. Like they're Uh my people. They are the ones that you can go out and like, sometimes we don't talk. It's like, I just had a bad day. Just going to, I just want to go run. Let's go burn off some energy and some steam. And they know like, cool. Yeah. We're just, we're just running. And then there's times where you're like blah 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 blah, the whole time it's like wow 10 miles just went by wow we're done ready because you're just chilling with your friends and they're they're the best they're the ones that you know set the next race up or the next weekend or the next route and all that stuff and they're just always ready to go it's it's so thankful for 
the communities I'm just blessed to be around because they're awesome. Yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's really two things, but no, that's, I love that. I think that's so great. I, I love that you have found confidence in running and running has given you confidence because I mean, kind of like we mentioned in the beginning, so many people are like afraid to start running because they think, oh, I'm not going to be good at it or mm-hmm. I'm not confident in my running. I can't do it. I, you know, and they have all these negative thoughts about it. So to hear someone like you who that's where you were and, and now here we are years later and you feel more confident and, and sure of yourself. I mean, I just hope that anybody listening that kind of gives them, gives them some hope and <laughs> something, maybe they get a tiny bit more excited about running. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. So last question, Susan, I need to know for myself and everybody listening, what's next for Susan Taylor? What is next on the horizon? I definitely want to do another half marathon very soon. I just, I had to postpone the one from January because I was hurt Uh and I'm feeling a lot better from that. And so I'm ready to sign up for one, but I'm at that fear factor, right? Like I want to push myself, but I don't want to push myself and re-injure myself. So I'm trying to like find a fun race to do where maybe it's not a time, you know, a time goal. It's just to get out there and, and finish it and have fun. Um, and then maybe towards the end of the year, I'd like to go back and do that 10 miler again this year and see if I can meet or beat my time. Ah, um, those are my running goals for this. I love that. Or this year, I should say (laughs) this week, sign up this (laughs) This week. week. I should, I should, because it's the one I want to do for like a fun is actually in May. So it's, it's kind of coming soon. So, yeah. I think that, I think that you might have to get off of this and, uh, and go sign up. Okay. Only if you sign up for yours then. Okay. I will. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll text you afterwards. Okay. Oh, well, Susan, again, thank you so much for taking time to chat with me. Oh I gosh, think that so many people so. are going to listen to this and be able to connect and just feel inspired by you. So just like I do. So thank you. Aww. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you for building the Delta community. It has been so much fun to be a part of this team. And I'm glad we have these podcasts. It's super fun to be on one, but oh, I love, yeah. love <laughs> learning about everyone on the team. It's, it's fun. So I can't wait for the next one. Y'all, I love having these conversations. I learned so much from each interview, and I hope that all of you listeners do too. Susan had some great tips about finding a coach and a community to run with. It can make a huge difference. And I love how she takes what she's learned as an athlete and applies it to teaching her kids. Oh, and that story about the Chicago Marathon, oh, I was literally crying. Oh. Susan, thank you again for getting so raw and sharing your story with all of us. If you found some inspiration in Susan's story, make sure to share it with a friend. Until next time, team, get out there and run like an athlete.